welcome to the 905er. My name's Roland Tanner. I am Joel McLeod. And today we're still trying to stick with Good News December. And actually there is one incredibly good piece of news, which it's bigger than the 905, it's bigger than Canada, but it's there are vaccines on the way. And uh, after only 10 months of this uh, pandemic really being in full flight, that's pretty amazing. And I think we, we both thought that this is something that should be kind of celebrated, even as we consider the next steps of implementation. So, Joe, Joe, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, I, I think it's great. It's fantastic news. It's, it is that light at the end of a very, very dark tunnel that was uh, 2020. And, you know, we, we, we have, we, I think we can legitimately say we have hope that this thing will now come to an end. Granted, it's not going to be tomorrow uh, and it's not going to be the end of the year. It'll, it'll take some time, but you know, it, this this pandemic will end. We, I think, it's safe to say it will it it will end, and that's a that's a great thing, um, and it's something that you know it's it's kind of a great way to end off twenty twenty, I suppose, if you think about it. It is, and and it it reassures me. To my mind, it really underlines some really important things. Uh, in in the con- I mean, it's sounding a bit grand, but in the context of history and things like this, what has extended the length of our lives what has uh defeated disease again and again and again what has uh made our standards of living even in a year as awful as 2020 uh, infinitely better than our ancestors 100 or 200 years ago it's basically science science and education and uh you know this this should if, if this vaccine or these vaccines work and there's every indication that they will and they do this is strikes me as being one of the the scientific breakthroughs of our age uh that you know what you used to take hundreds of years decades to centuries of work can now be done in, in a year a completely new form of vaccine this isn't this isn't your your regular flu uh, flu jab this is a, a new type of vaccine that works in a new way based on scientific discoveries made in the last five or six years and i can't help making another really blatant political point in a lot of ways and nearly all of the discoveries were made by immigrants from one country who went to another country to find work um and who have now provided this cure for this disease uh, so I doubt we've got many anti-immigrant racists in our listenership. I suspect we scare them off pretty quickly. But if there were any out there, it's like, well, if you want proof of how immigration can do amazing things, there's your there's your uh, there's your evidence. Uh, absolutely, and if you think about like where we are right now, we're we're in December. It was about this time in 2019 that we first learned about coronavirus and COVID 19. I mean, that's where COVID-19 got its name from, 20, the year it was discovered in 2019. Um, and it's always been, a, I'm not going to say to the date, but it's been about a year. We, we had this, this disease pop up, and it went from a uh, curious case to, oh, this is something we should be wary of. And then in March, it turned into a full-blown global pandemic and completely altered our, our lives and, and our economy and, and just throw everything up in the air for the year of 2020. And now we're closing out 2020 and 
we have a vaccine. Like that, that, it's a to me, it's a crazy timetable of a, 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 this is a disease no one had seen it before. It was we didn't we had we hadn't even had a, uh, the genetic design of this of this disease when it was discovered. We we were, I remember in the news. I mean, if you remember back to early 2020, there was talk about sharing the genetic code around so that scientists could study it and and make models on it and replicate it to test it and and what and now you know that was a big accomplishment and now here we are um you know closing out 2020 and we now have three major companies providing three separate vaccines that right now knock on wood all seem to be viable they work they're effective and it's given i i think a lot of us hope that this nightmare of a year will pass we will go we'll move on and the the real story has been just how when we come together regardless of you know race nationality religion uh uh country of origin or or what language you speak um when we come together, like we, as a species, human beings are capable are capable of accomplishing amazing feats. Uh, it's just and, you know, it's just, and, and here's the thing: like we we were, I, I can't. I remember back when this thing first hit, and we were talking about closing down the economy, or we were talking about closing down uh, major, and people were seriously worried that this was going to be like. It, it was going to be like an apocalyptic movie. We were going to see the breakdown of society, and you know, by by this time, we we're going to have roaming bands of of uh, of vigilantes roaming the streets, <laughs> uh, you know, taking the last can of corn off the shelf for for food, and you know that that didn't happen. You know why? Because we, I, ultimately, we're good people. Uh, not, not. I don't mean like Canadians. I mean human beings. I think we, we we generally can be good people, and when a push comes to shove, we help each other out. And this year, the easiest way to help each other out was to put on a mask, and just stay a little bit further apart from each other than we're normally used to. And you know what? It worked. We made it through. We helped each other out. Gave scientists the time to do the work that they needed to that they needed to do. And now we are. Now we've got hope legitimate bona fide real hope uh for 2021 and it is and it's a shame i mean this again i think this is you know the the phrase historic this is an historic event gets used far too often it's, it's usually when the you know the blue jays win or something <laughs> it's historic uh, blue jays are one and admittedly rare in recent years although not this year um but this is a historic event. The pandemic was obviously an event that will dominate history books uh, in generations to come. But the the global a global coordinated effort to spare no expense to protect lives and to do whatever is necessary to find a cure uh, is an astonishing thing. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, it's like look what humanity can do when it puts its mind to it uh that is an amazing thing and uh, the, what could be a better story than that it's just a shame that while this was going on our headlines were dominated by 
small, petty-minded morons like the ex-president of the United States. Um, I could mention people closer to home, but I'll skip it until after Christmas. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's we're always going to have the, those dark spots to, to draw our attention to. Um, but, you know, the, the ex-president of the United States, I mean, he, he's gone, right? So that's... That is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another good news. For me, sure. <laughs> uh, not quite nine hundred five centric, but I mean, like this is this is. Um, yeah, I, I, I just I'm floored by the fact that how quickly this thing happened. I was honestly expecting a vaccine to come next year. I was expecting uh, two years would have been miraculous. Yeah, you know, really to 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 for us to basically from day one of this thing be expecting and waiting for a vaccine. We all remember the the AIDS pandemic. AIDS is still a pandemic, uh, particularly if you live in Africa. But it's still, you know, people are still uh, contracting HIV. And thank goodness, in the Western world, there there are uh, there is not a cure, but there are ways which mean you, you have every opportunity to live a, a, a long and largely unaffected life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. That's what, how old am I? That's what, 35? I don't know, it's, it's mid-80s, so a long time ago now. And uh, even that was a triumph in its own way, that, that a, a disease so deadly has been tamed significantly, if, if not defeated. Uh, but this is an entirely new disease um, with uh, no real sort of, background to sort of go on you know and, and, and not only has a vaccine been multiple vaccines been developed but but using new methods uh it it really is uh, yeah it speaks to what we can do and it speaks to the importance of science education and uh cooperation investment in those things that make people smarter and able to achieve the most they can during their lives well, you mentioned the AIDS uh, epidemic, and it's funny. I was I was watching. Um, sorry, you mentioned it. I was watching a documentary the other day on uh, the Reagan administration uh, on TV, and they were talking about how he had, uh, you know, when the AIDS epidemic first came on the scene, and Reagan's inaction caused a lot of of pain and suffering for uh, for the uh, for the gay community uh, to um, who who are who are the the center of this uh, epidemic i i, I was th- thinking of you know that the, the just how how slow that response was compared to this one and it makes you you know it kind of makes you wonder like what if that passion and determination was was out there you know like it, it's going to be really hard going forward to say why isn't why don't we have an aids vaccine an hiv vaccine why don't why don't we have um more more vaccines for these these deadly, you know, these deadly diseases that are out there, and where diseases that kill millions yeah. every year, and, uh, and uh, you know, if we if we can come up with a global a vaccine like this, three different vaccines in a less than a year or in a year's time, why can't we take that that drive, that passion, say let's just let's eradicate HIV, let's let's just eradicate it from from the population, and like we did with polio and smallpox, and hopefully now with coronavirus. Yeah, and and it, you know you, you you hate to go down this road, but like I say, we're, we're, we talk now as if HIV and AIDS as as the as the condition that that, that arises from HIV, we speak as if it's 
largely been defeated, and yet millions of people die and are still dying in Africa. Why? Because they're African and they don't count as much. Mm -hmm. We, every day of our lives in the Western world or in the wealthy parts of the world, put different values on different lives, depending on where you live. COVID affected everybody. Um, It affected the rich and the old, and it affected the Western world. And uh, in fact, it has proved itself most difficult to contain and control in in the wealthiest parts of the world in, in many ways or at least as far as we can go on the you know the statistics which are available which admittedly may be very uh uh less than adequate in in say sub-saharan africa mm. however i mean basically you know we we make those calculations i remember reading um a book about the Rwandan genocide. I think it was um, Romeo Delaire's book, probably, um, which is one of the toughest reads you'll ever have, but also one of the most fascinating ones. Um, and, you know, uh, I think Bill Clinton was president at that time, mm-hmm. and they put a dollar value on what an American military life was worth, and how many Africans. I mean, they'd actually worked it out. It was a number they had in a in a document somewhere. And it was something like, you know, we to make it worthwhile going in to save one African, uh, uh, you know, something like 10,000 Africans have to die for every uh, American military uh, uh, officer or soldier or whatever who, who, you know, who might be killed by sending them into Rwanda to control the genocide. So basically it just wasn't worth uh, intervention, mm-hmm. which is why... Romeo Dallaire ended up in the uh, horrific situation he was in, of basically being abandoned in the middle of a of hell on earth. This is our cheerful Christmas uh, discussion, guys. Uh, in case you've forgotten, but now we're talking about genocide. <laughs> well, I, 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 would, I would look at I would look at you talking about the cost of this. I think, like looking here in Canada alone, like we're looking at massive amounts of money being spent by our federal government to. Uh, to keep us safe, it, you know, it, it makes you kind of put it in perspective of, I, I, I mean, I, I, I think of it compared to like World War II, um, where the the Allied nations just poured money and money, and you know, there was no expense spared uh, to uh, to combat uh, the Nazis uh, and it, or fascism in, in the world, and. This this is kind of our like our I guess this generation's call to arms, if you will. Uh, that you know the the government really didn't. I can honestly I think we can honestly say that the federal government did not expense anything or, or save save any 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 dollar to uh, to combat this. Now I mean that's we're not going to have money. I don't think you have like monuments to uh, the soldiers of COVID. Although maybe there should be a monument to all the frontline workers who. Uh, who risk their their lives literally every day to uh, to treat us and and take care of us and they 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 truly do deserve our, our thanks uh, on that. But I mean, I, I think our federal government, you know, with things like CERB and SUES and the the rent relief program, I know that you, like you and I have had guests on this program, Roland, that have surprisingly all said and without any prompting from us have said like this was a lifesaver for us in a lot of cases this saved businesses and livelihoods and people's well beings from literally going going bad overnight but yeah i mean i can think of three guests i think um 
completely unprompted by us. I mean, this this is not this is just a simple fact. None of them said it uh, while we were recording. They all said it unprompted when we were chatting before or after. Uh, and I think the phrase in each case was something very close to. Uh, thank God for the federal government, they really saved their bacon. And, you know, those people who want to think you and I are biased because, uh, we, you know, we've been clear and it's no secret with me. I've had a background volunteering for the Liberals at various times, but I don't have a membership anymore. When I did this, I gave away, I ended everything. It's just a simple fact that we've had those things said to us completely unprompted by people mm-hmm. who are still in business because the federal government helped them. No one has yet come onto the show and said, thank God for Doug Ford. Uh, again, if they had to, I would say as much. If they had done, I would completely be upfront with you, but no one has said that. Uh, it's just a fact. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go write the, uh, the epitaph of uh, the Doug Ford government just yet. I, I think that once once the once all the dust is settled and the vaccine is rolled out and we're we're able to safely drop all the all the restrictions that we that are placed on us right now, there'll be a, a an accounting, if you will, of what could and couldn't have could have been done better. Um, I, I we we know the 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 tri- the problems that have existed in in the long term care homes. Uh, we've report we've covered it a bit, and it, the yeah these problems aren't going away. Uh, my my hope is the light that COVID has shone on it, and that's been an ugly underbelly. Uh, lights a fire to say we need to fix this. We need to come up with a new solution. Whether that's stricter controls, whether it's we we make the, all the all the homes in Ontario public some way, if we subsidize it in some way and greater accountability there. I I don't know. I'm not. I don't have an answer. I don't. I don't know the policy behind it that well, but th- th- I mean that that's in a in a weird turnabout way. That's kind of one of the good things of COVID is that it finally did shine a light on on these shortcomings in our system. And yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that it, I'm hoping that it's going to light a fire underneath, not necessarily the government's behind, but everyone else to say no, no, we we need to fix this. Absolutely, um, it clearly hasn't lit a fire under the current provincial government. I'm not sure it's lit a fire under the leadership of either of the other two mainstream parties either at provincial level from from anything that I've particularly noticed. Um, It should light a fire. Nothing makes me angrier at the moment. (laughs) And there's lots of things that made me angry. but nothing makes me angry. I've just like literally before I came on here, I just read three tweets from Cynthia Mulligan, uh, the city news journalist. Um, exclusive 96, percent of residents at Sunnycrest long-term care in Whitby have tested positive for COVID-19. 19 have died. 67 staff are positive. Inspection was done less than two weeks ago, found widespread failures caused actual harm to residents. No one was screened upon entry. PPE was improperly used. Staffing was less than 50%. Food and high-risk medications were given up to two hours late. Wounds were not treated. This was happening as the outbreak started a couple of weeks ago. So this is late November uh, 2020, not March. The daughter of a resident said to me, nothing was learned from the first wave. That's shameful. I mean, it's doubly sh- It was shameful in March when we had to send in the military. It's triply, quadruply shameful now. 
Uh, well, I mean, people should be going to prison for for this kind of thing, um, and and the owners of that long term care place, uh, they may have their reasons, but they're going to be need to be damn good ones. Uh, but there's a chance that they are now protected uh, uh, from prosecution because a change is made uh, in the last month or so by the province. Uh, that has to be the fire we 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 have in all our bellies going into 2021, 2022, that, that uh, just as previous generations said, enough, everybody sh- has a right to an education, everybody has the right to free healthcare, everybody has the right to a safe, secure, well-looked-after, well-run, well-funded place in the last years of their lives. Uh, I don't see why a 90-year-old should be treated ever any less humanely than a five-year-old or a one-week-old. Uh, it's it's cradle to grave. Well, I, you know? I said at the beginning of yeah. this pandemic, um, we're not like we aren't going to solve this on the cheap. It's going to cost us big time. Um, I think the federal government understood. And I, I suspect at the beginning of this, the federal government said, "Okay, well, our man, we don't cover the long-term care homes. We, our mandate, you know, our our, the, our division of powers, we don't cover healthcare and all that stuff." So. We'll leave that to the provinces. Meanwhile, we'll give money to people so they can stay indoors and money to businesses so they can stay alive. And I th- I'm going to – maybe I'm partisan or, or whatnot, but I do believe the federal government held up their end of the bargain. Um, the- well, in essence, all the federal government can do is write a check, and they wrote a check. That's awesome. That's all they could really – That's ultimately, all the federal government could do is write checks, send them to the provinces, or send them to people. It doesn't run the stuff, uh, so you know they they did it. I mean, that's what well, um, no that'd be my there. only concern about the the rollout of the vaccine is that we everybody's, everybody's going to say, "Oh, Trudeau is going to come in and, and roll out the vaccine," and yeah, to an extent. But keep in mind, like the provinces all have the the health units; they're, they're the ones who have all the hospitals, all the family care units that we that we all have all the family doctors answer to the province so ultimately it'll be the province who hands out the the vaccine and we're seeing that is that the the province is saying oh no we have the storage units for the vaccine because it has to be held at minus 80 degrees so we know where where we can store it okay like the, the the logistics of it and maybe setting up temporary cold shelters or cold storage units for uh for the vaccine that can be on the federal government the military can come in and kind of set that up if need be but actually rolling out is going to be up to the province and i that's my concern because the other thing that we were talking about on um uh, about this just before we we came on here roland was that the minister of health was saying that we're we're talking about once you get your vaccine your covid vaccine you have your covid card to prove to places, oh, I've got my my vaccine, and that's great on paper. But if you start, if you sit down, and you start thinking it through. Okay, so if if you when you if you all you need to do is go up to a restaurant or a theater or a gym, and say, oh no, I've here's my COVID card, let me in, and they have to let you in. Okay, great, that's fair i suppose but what about the rest of us but like what about you and i roland who are sitting at home saying well i, I want my vaccine the vaccine apparently is going to be mandatory according to the minister uh reporting on a blog to so if it's 
voluntary. I look at the flu shot uh, rollout this year, which was also voluntary. And it, it, I mean, were there people still still now not able to get their flu shots? They're they're called. They're calling uh, the pharmacies uh, and their yeah. and their health teams, saying, "Hey, do you have any in stock now?" And they're saying, "No, we don't know where they are. Not no shot today." And I'm like, yeah, I, I I have mild asthma, uh, but it means that is because it's asthma. I'm technically on the list of people who's going to get it early. I haven't been able to get it, and I, I mean, I haven't been prioritizing it because I so seldom go outside. I, w- I mean, I'm going to get one, but it's like, okay, everybody else. Anybody older than me deserves to get it before I do. That's fine. I don't want to bitch about it personally. But, yeah, the boy, it should be a bigger deal that they've really screwed up this up this year and that if uh, there are people who probably should be getting the vaccine first who have not been getting it. Um, well, I'm, I, I'm, more, I'm more worried about the, the rollout is that if I'm stuck at home, with my family calling up my health team and calling around to pharmacy shoppers drug mart and Rexall and, and all the other pharmacies in town saying, do you have any in stock? Uh, and I, and I'm, and I'm stuck at home while everybody, somebody else is able to go out and have a good time. If somebody else is able to go to a restaurant and sit down and enjoy a meal, uh, or go see a film with in, in peace and ease. Cause they had this cart, like it's going to cause so many, so many problems. I, I can just foresee it. Just, I, I'm not even sure of the legality of that. Well, that's, kind of that's the thing. Is like, you know, I, you, I, if I, you I, get I into, into a bit of chart, I'm not a lawyer, but I can foresee a few charter issues of you're going. So basically, we have some people who have freedom, able to go out and do what they want, and you and I now are not allowed to do anything because not because we refuse to get a, a shot, but because the logistics of this free for all rush to your pharmacy and get a, a shot is just going to be a maddening. I would hope that the the province would learn from the screw up. That's the flu shot and set up some kind of scheduled vaccine. I mean, I, I don't see how you can make it uh, voluntary. I think it's got to be a mandatory vaccination. I really do that. You know, you got to, you could do it by neighborhood or by postal code, right? So one day you get a letter in the mail from the ministry of health saying, Roland, you have to drive to, this location because we're going we're doing your neighborhood or your your postal code on this date and, and you have to show up at then and you and your household shows up you get your shot you're done okay great and just do a, a, a steady steady roll that we know okay I, I i know i know i will get my COVID. i'm not gonna have to fight with everybody and and spend the day on the phone calling around to find out who's got some in stock because i, I and you would think, um, you would think, yeah. I mean, just doing it kind of chaotic of like you know, first come first serve seems crazy. I know they've been talking about prioritizing people in long term care, and absolutely, but it's like, well, I don't particularly want it until everybody over sixties had it. Uh, so do them, do 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 schools because that's obviously a vector of spread. Do every damn school child. Um, it's easy. They're right there. Uh, you've got them in the room already. That's going to cut down spread immediately, um, and it, you know, it, it goes after those most at risk. Uh, seems logical to me, uh, but yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, it just doesn't seem that the, the logical, sensible thing ever gets done. Um, well, well I mean, that's that's, that's the, the my caveat of this whole this whole thing is that it's we have we have the the hope. Let's not 
build the tunnel even farther than out now. Let's 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 be smart about this. Like, don't make it. I, I, I can say this, don't make it voluntary. Make it mandatory. It, it's because here here's here's the one thing. If it's voluntary, I, I want people who were in the anti-mask protests that happened over the summer, and the people who just didn't care about the rest of us who prolonged you know, who, who felt the need to have parties and car rallies and whatnot. Um, they should be dead last. I'll, I'll, I'll say it. There's, there's just, the rest of us have made sacrifices. The rest of us have not, I have not seen friends and family for quite some time now. Um, I've made sacrifices for this moment. Those people who could, who couldn't care less about the rules and couldn't care less about my sacrifice. They, they get to go to the end of the line. Then they know I'm, I'm not going to have them go and, and, steal my my night out on the town at a nice restaurant because they're they're entitled to selfishness i i've paid my like you and i we've paid our dues you know we we've we've done the sacrifice we've done the 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 stiff upper lip part uh to coin to to borrow the british uh, axiom um <laughs> My lap of lips, right? Well, I, but either way, you know, we, we did the hard lifting uh, by staying home and cutting off our social ties. We we deserve after after the long term care homes, the elderly, the the critical, uh, so the the vulnerable, immunocompromised, and of course our frontline workers should all be immunized first. Um, then us, and then if there's some way of trying to get those the anti maxers dead last. And they, they they can they can sit in the line outside the restaurant while we all enjoy a beer and a plate of nachos while watching the Jays game. Well, maybe we should we should leave it there. See, we're at our uh, we're at our customary point. Um, thanks, everybody. Uh, hopefully, uh, we've managed to uh, focus primarily on the positive stuff and keep keep the. Uh, um, Moaning about the, the, the <laughs> moaning about governments at a relatively low level, and then in January we're going to hit it full force with uh, with with the heavy going topics again. But um, thanks everybody for listening this week, and we'll be back again on Tuesday with our next episode of the Nine O Five. That's it for this episode of the Nine O Five. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time.
I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.